Hello everyone! Are you on your way to shift empty success into fulfillment? Welcome to Uplift My Life Today, the podcast. You are now in a safe place where we converse, explore, reflect, connect, and deep dive into our inner world together. Fulfillment starts from within. Every conversation and discussion here is a journey, one that you will continue even after the episode completes. My name is Astuti Marto Sudirjo. I am your host. And thank you for choosing to uplift your life today. Hello, everybody, whoever is here joining us or making your way to join us. Welcome to uh, the first Facebook Live uh, ever that my channel ever does, actually, Uplift My Life Today. My name is Astuti Marto Sudirjo. Who do, who do, for you who don't know me, I am a subconscious mind reprogrammer based in um, Switzerland, based in Zurich. And uh, as part of my mission to connect with people to talk about how we can be much more fulfilled in our lives i host conversations in my podcast and today for the first time we're going to do a follow-up of a podcast that i did with kelly brandley my beautiful guest here the dating and relationship coach also from switzerland or based in switzerland Kelly and I, a couple of weeks ago, I think, Kelly, we did a... Valentine's Day. That's right. Exactly. It was released on Valentine's Day. Uh, Together with my beloved friends, Julie Grauel, we had this conversation about, we call it, to uh, become the one, to find the one after divorce. And this was Kelly's journey and uh, going through her very long divorce process, how this impacted her life and how she came back from it with victory, finding actually the best man ever for your life, hopefully ever, <laughs> not until now. I, I'm very confident that there you go. There you my, go. I always say my very last first date. <laughs> there you go. I love it. I love it. I just love uh, Kelly's story. So for those of you who haven't listen to the recording feel free to go to uplift my life today a youtube channel where you can see our beautiful faces chatting (laughs) (laughs) or go to uplift my life today podcast channel in spotify anchor google podcast apple podcast etc and you'll find the episode with kelly there so kelly the reason why i ask you to do this with me is because not long after the, the episode was released, I get like questions. <laughs> I get questions. And I said, ooh, let's have a discussion about this. So yeah, so this is all about what, you know going through the, the questions that I have and also to take on questions from people who are joining us today. How is that for you? Maybe you want to introduce yourself a little bit. Yeah, I mean, um, as you said, I'm Kelly Brandley. I'm a dating and relationship coach. I'm originally from Canada, but I've been living in Switzerland now for 21 or 22 years. 
22 years now. It doesn't feel like that long, does it? It's crazy. It goes so fast. Um, And yeah, my, my story that I shared on the podcast was basically after 20 years of marriage, going through separation and a very long drawn out divorce process with court battles and custody and I know a lot of people out there I've had, you know, from the podcast and from other um, social media platforms, people reaching out to me. There's a lot of people who've had similar experiences, like these really challenging divorce processes with, you know, Mm -hmm. long custody battles and going through the different court levels and stuff. And so I wanted um, to just share my story, one, to sort of inspire and motivate people that there is life after divorce, when especially those long ones, but also to explain, you know, a bit about how I came to be a dating and relationship coach. And a lot of that was my own challenges and struggles with finding love again after separation and divorce. I remember your story, Kelly, because we chatted (laughs) throughout the journey and I just... I have a lot of admiration and respect for Kelly and, and the strength that she she has going through this and very happy to be able to host your story and also this conversation today. Thank you for being here. Thank you. No, it's been great. And we've done several podcasts yes. over the years and, and different uh, stages along that journey. And so it's been great That's to, right. to have your platform and your audience listen to my story as well. So thank you. My pleasure. It's, 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 it's my honor. Good. So shall we start with the first question? We can. And maybe just before that, for (laughs) for anyone else that has questions, just let them know that uh, you're welcome to drop your questions into the comments on either uh, my Facebook stream um, in my group, um, How to Date After Divorce, or in your Facebook um, page or group, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Super. Okay. So this first question comes from Indonesia, actually, Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) A listener in Indonesia. So uh, the question is, how can I detect my partner's silent dissatisfaction in our marriage before we actually hit the wall? (laughs) That's a good question. Um, My first first thought of that is it's rarely silent. I think Mm. there is, you know, even when people don't say stuff, it is actually speaking loud and clear. Um, But what I realized in my own relationship is we don't want to hear it or see it or accept it. And so I think, you know, when relationships go through um, changes where one, you stop talking to each other is a loud sign that things are not going the way that they should be, or you want them to be. And so to take notice of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And another thing that people do and, and I remember this is um, when someone repeats something over and over again, it's because they feel they haven't been heard. Mm. And so that can often be one of the signs, you know, that things are getting off track. Mm-hmm. And so if you, you get annoyed by your partner <laughs> sort of beating the same drum, then it's, it's time to really listen to what they're saying, or even more important, what's behind what they're saying, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes a complaint is just the superficial surface but below that there's a much deeper complaint of an unmet need yeah and yeah a lot of the work that I do with people is helping them understand like our six basic human needs Mm -hmm. um, and how those need to be met in a relationship and so our needs are um, security Mm -hmm. or certainty uh, insecurity or not insecurity (laughs) Uh, variety (laughs) sorry Um, we need love and connection 
Mm. We need to be significant to be needed. We need um, to grow and we need to contribute. Mm -hmm. And in a relationship where one or more of those needs go unmet over a long period of time, um, that's where we start to get that disconnect. And so some people are really good at at verbalizing their needs and other people aren't. They go silent. Mm. Yeah, but it's a statement. The silence is a statement. It is, absolutely. Mm. And Mm. that's what I would encourage is, you know, where, where are those moments of disconnect and are you actually being open to recognize them and, and take notice of them. Yeah. I think, you know, when you're uh, sharing this for me, what, what comes to mind is there are two parties, right? One is the one who's expressing the desire to be heard for not being, for having a, a need that is not met mm-hmm. and the, the other one who's listening. So if one person, the, usually the one who's expressing it, realize I'm not being heard here, sometimes the voice become extremely loud, like literally louder or completely being silent. What would be other ways to make your point forward or coming across differently so that it's being heard uh, instead of louder? Because when when it's louder, the other one tends to be put off. You're right. Um, What comes to mind in this situation is something that I I talk about a lot, which is Mm -hmm. um, a discipline called the discipline of positive intent. Okay. And what this means is in relationship, this comes from Tony Robbins, 10 disciplines of love. Um, I do a lot of work with this. Um, I have a whole podcast series on this. And the one, the law of positive intent is really that in a relationship, when two people love each other, there's actually this intent behind to, to not hurt the other person right? Mm-hmm. That's not yes. what we're going out to do. We're actually intending to communicate something and get a need met, yeah. right? But when we get louder, the other person feels it as an attack potentially, but that's not the intent, right? Yeah. And so I think when somebody is doing this is to really go into that and recognize what is the intent behind what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can make it less personal and you can actually help calm somebody down in that when you don't go into this back and forth ping pong of attack. Yeah. Um, I read and, and I can't remember who, who wrote this. So I'm really afraid um, that I'll quote the wrong person. So I'm afraid of it, but um, he talks about this idea of the customer service window. And I love this for relationships. Mm-hmm. So if you like, say, have a problem with your Apple computer, right. And you go to Apple and you say, you know, this is not working. Can you help me fix it? Their mm-hmm. response is, yes, let me help you. Let me, you know, get you um, a new one or we'll send it to repair. We'll do whatever. They don't come to you and say, um, you know what, on the way to work to this morning, somebody cut me off and I'm really annoyed by that. And you know what, this guy that I work with, like doesn't shower that often and that bothers me. And these are all my problems, right? Like they yeah. don't give that back. Yeah. And in relationships, we tend to do that. Yeah. When our partner comes with their unmet need, we want to tell them about all of our unmet needs or mm. our issues. Yeah. And and that what that's part of what creates this escalation. Yeah. And so when you keep positive intent in mind and you realize you're the customer service window when your partner comes to you, your job is to listen and your job mm. is to help meet that need, solve that problem in the best way that you can in that moment. And yeah. if you've got a grievance to bring to them, you can do that at another time. Yeah. 
Yeah. You become the customer calling the customer service. Exactly. Kind of. Absolutely. Take turns. Take turns. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's, that's wonderful. I also think that sometimes in communication, when it's a build up over a long period of time, sometimes also you need to listen carefully because sometimes what they're telling you is not necessarily the point of what they want to tell you. <laughs> so just wait to give time to just, so what is the actual issue here, you know, without attacking yeah. because to have an understanding, like when the customer is getting upset, everything before getting to the point where they upset them, they just, they were just vomiting out to yes. the customer service, right? Like it has, but the issue is not necessarily all these things leading to that. Yeah. Statement. And in relationships, we like to bring um, problems that we think are acceptable rather than ones that are unacceptable. Right. right? Or in our minds, unacceptable. And so we come up with justification and excuses of why we're feeling that way. Yeah. Right. But yeah. actually we don't need to do that. It's okay the way we feel, but, and that's where you're saying there's a surface level and there's a deeper level. Yes. Right. So yes. we think it's okay to say, um, you know, I'm really angry. Like you didn't take the garbage out again, but actually what's going on there is I feel when you don't take the garbage out that you don't care about me. And right. that's the real issue. <laughs> yes. That's the real issue. Yes. I don't feel like you pay attention enough. Yeah. yeah to me. Amazing. Yes. Great. <laughs> so the second question is actually related to this. Um, it's basically what can help me to catch myself being dissatisfied when life is so fast and so busy. Mm. Okay. Again. Yeah. We get caught up in distraction, right? Yes. Um, and you know, before I became a dating and relationship coach, I was in HR, right? We, we worked together. We were so in you HR. Know yeah. <laughs> we um, were doing the same job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and, you know, one of the things that I realized is so many people um, would want to change jobs, yeah. right? Thinking that was the problem in their life. And actually yes. they were having problems at home in their personal life, or they were long-term single and they really wanted a partner and they would blame it on work. And so, we have as people a really great ability to transfer um, responsibility to different areas of our life. Yeah. And so one of the things that I always encourage people to do is to actually look at all their life zones mm. and to really sort of say, you know, I'm feeling unhappy in my life, but let me look at the, the zones individually, right? Like, am I really unhappy in my job or do I just generally feel unhappy and therefore I'm blaming it on work yeah. or is it in my relationship? And to sort of first understand what's that, that landscape look like and where, if you do it on a spider graph, right? Um, where, where is the balance? Like is one half of my life, am I overcompensating there because the other half is making me really unhappy mm. and that's where I need to look. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think being aware of those things is really the first part. And then the second part is what's your general tendency when things aren't going well? Are mm. you somebody who goes into, you know, being the workaholic? Do you avoid and pull back and create distance? <laughs> Do you become really critical of your partner? Uh, and again, to watch those patterns. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I understand this. I do have a, personally, I do have uh, some, some <laughs> distinct reaction. And I know when I start doing these things, 
I know I'm unhappy. One is, um, yeah, I work more suddenly. And, and the second one is I start to get bothered with how much I'm making. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's because yeah. I, I don't usually think about that so much. But when I'm unhappy, I'm like, oh, am I being paid fairly? And that's when I know, okay, it's not about the money. It's that I'm unhappy yeah. with something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's about how do you measure success then? Yes. Right. And yes. on what areas are success am I, am I looking at? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what I think oftentimes we do. We try and figure out the answer to why I'm unhappy without really being totally open to look at what's really there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's not so straightforward, right? Like I think also it requires discipline to actually evaluate how you feel in relation to the zones that you were mentioning Mm -hmm. before. And I don't know what your experience has, or how your work has shown you, Kelly. I mean, homeschooling and working from home and all this is, you know, and I hear so many women saying like, I'm done cooking. Like I'm done. (laughs) I love my family, but I'm done cooking. (laughs) Oh, I'm done eating my own food. (laughs) Yeah. We've been, I mean, gosh, the last two years have really put us in pressure cooker situation (laughs) didn't necessarily choose to be in it yes so is there um, some kind of micro habit that you would encourage people so they're not completely being swept by the busyness of the household and and work because I think generally when we took on the 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 position of we taking care of our family the family comes first and you just never get anything for yourself or even for you as a couple and I think well this is also a topic of of question I let's just discuss about this how how can you stay connected yeah um you know amidst all this craziness yeah I mean two things come to mind one is I mean self-love right Mm -hmm. giving time for yourself to think to, mm-hmm. you know, self-care, to have a bath, to go for a run or do whatever, especially, you know, when you're with, you know, your family and you're taking care of all these mm-hmm. things, um, you know, not just for women, for men as well, but having time for yourself to think, I think is really, really key. Yeah. Um, giving yourself self-love and making sure that you're okay, right? When you're not okay, everyone else will suffer from that. And so it's important to do that um, yeah. and, and look after yourself and then to stay connected. I am an absolute believer in date night. Um, you know, I, I, love I this idea. You never stop dating ever. Um, so set a weekly date night or a bi-weekly date night um, and make sure, you know, you get someone to look after the kids, the two of you go out and there's a rule. There's a rule of three, right? Three things you don't talk about on date night, the kids, <laughs> the job, like the logistics of everything going on. Right. And um, all the kind of household stuff that needs to be done, like getting the car to the maintenance or whatever like that. It's about mm. connecting as people and getting back in, in touch with, you know, feelings and emotions and being vulnerable and all those things. That's what keeps a couple mm-hmm. connected over the long term. Absolutely. And, you know, we could, after after the, the release of this podcast, I had a chat with a friend who had been married for many years, 15 years or something. And I, 
I think we were reflecting about the need to renew focus or renew direction somehow. Um, because a lot happens in this period of time. Everybody grows in many different directions, people facing different crises individually or as a couple or as a family. And, and sometimes you forget why are we together actually to begin with and are we still on the same page yeah. going forward? In, 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 your, uh, in your view, Kelly, how, how regular or how often should this be discussed? I also have another friend. It's really interesting, this, this couple. They don't have kids, um, but they do this dinner every year of their anniversary and they had a discussion whether they should continue or not not necessarily that there there's issue but they just it's almost like they're making conscious choice mm-hmm. to go on okay let's revisit this next year they've yeah. been together for 20 years now and they're still going but they do this every year yeah. i thought that was really cool well i recommend in my program that everybody does an annual couples retreat annual and okay i you know, I guess this is coming from my corporate background in HR. I think it's like your annual strategy meeting, right? Yes. Like, you know, in business, we do this every year. We sit down and we look at it and we say, okay, where are we going? And where are we going to focus? Mm-hmm. And where are we going to invest? And what projects are we taking on this year? And I think we should do that in our private lives, in our relationships and say, okay, where yeah. are we today as a yeah. couple? What do we want to work on this year as a couple? What do we want to do? And to really take time out from the busy daily life to give this the energy it needs to really focus. And especially when you look at different phases, right? When you're a young couple before you have kids, um, you want to sit down and plan that out, right? When you have young kids and you're doing homeschooling and stuff, okay, how do, how do we create time in our life that, you know, one of us gets to go back to school and do something if that's what you want to do. Right. Yeah. So I recommend doing that. And as part of that couple's retreat, I also recommend everyone has like a life vision, a joint life vision. Mm. I know we're going to talk about compatibility. Yes. This is one yes. of those things. This is one of the questions. Yeah. Yeah. With a joint life vision, you need to make sure, check in on that and say, hey, are we still going in that direction? Is that still relevant for us? Or, you know, um, before we had children, we wanted to live, you know, this jet set lifestyle and mm-hmm. or live like nomads. And all of a sudden we have kids that go to school. And we think, no, actually, that's not who we are now. We need yeah. to revisit that vision and recreate something new that suits who we've become. Yeah. I, you're talking to a go-getter. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that about you. <laughs> Revision of goals. Goal is very, very important for clarity of where am I going? Why, why I'm doing this? This is very important. And I mean, I'm doing it for myself every year. It's it's just like, okay, what was the past year about? What was the theme actually? Sometimes you plan something, but it doesn't turn out the way yeah. you thought it was going to be. But then taking a moment to say, okay, what did 2021 turn out to be? And then take a breathing space for a few weeks off and then deciding, okay, what was, what do I feel right to be the next I can, yeah, I definitely can see how this is super important for not just business, but also relationship. Yeah. Particularly, there's some, I think there's some cycles, right? There, where you can go very far from each other um, in terms of growth. And it's just 
require and i think also there's a relationship cycles how does that relationship evolve with mm-hmm. kids without kids them as people so there's a lot to watch out for yeah one of yeah. the things you know that i i strongly believe in is that we never really know the other right. person right we we right. we struggle to know ourselves a lot <laughs> of the time to be honest right so how can we ever know you know yeah, our partner people. in that deep sense and so I have this saying, you know, like when you think you've got to the end, just start again, because that's what we need to do. We need to constantly rediscover because the partner that we had, what they thought 10 years ago, probably is not relevant today. Yeah. Even though we asked them that question, what do you think about this? Their answer today is different. And so in relationships, you need to keep cycling back Yeah, and making sure that you're still learning because, you know, They've gone out into the world, they've experienced something, they've redefined their beliefs and their opinions. But did you ever ask them about that or did they ever share it with you? Right. Yeah. And this so is, yeah. Checking in. And I recommend a great book to everybody. Um, I think one day I'm going to have to ask for royalties because I recommend it so much. But John Gottman's Eight Dates book. I love that book. I read yes. it. Yeah. And I think, you know, whether you're newly dating somebody or you've been in a relationship for 20 years, get a copy of that book, sit down and work through its eight life value areas with questions and talk to your partner and get to know Mm. them again. Yeah. Really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I've heard also people saying like, I did when one of the partners growing faster or towards a different direction. There are statements like, I don't recognize who you are anymore. Where is the woman or the man I married 10 years ago? All these things. And it's it's really, I'm, I'm listening it with a heavy heart because I'm one of those people who keep on growing, growing, growing. So I would never be in the same spot <laughs> every no. year. There's something. Yeah. It's like, so I see what you're saying, Kelly, particularly because I mean, it's because of the work that we do, we are also being reflective on daily basis with the clients, right? So it's, it's we, we never stay in the same spot consciously or unconsciously. And when I hear this, this is really like, wow, okay, there's some conversation to be had. There is. And, um, you know, Tony Robbins, I trained with him, so I have a lot of his quotes, but he always says, we're either growing or we're dying. Right. We're either growing as a couple or our yeah. relationship is dying, which means get on board with that. Ask those questions. Where are we growing? Where do we want to grow? Right. To yeah. Make sure that yeah. we're aligned because that statement, where's the person I married? Hopefully they're not the same person, but hopefully you've made that journey together. That's yes. the goal, right? <laughs> right. 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 To go together. Shouldn't be the same person. And yeah. it's a really miss opportunity. It's huge miss opportunity. If the person remained the same, like, when you married it, we married her or him yeah. um, many years ago. Exactly. Yeah. I, I was just speaking at the, 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 the comment and Julie was saying this, Julie was saying, it's really difficult to keep the positive intent when you are triggered. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and we all, we all get there. Um, you know, I think nobody's immune and we have those, those sort of spots mm. that get triggered. I think, there's two important things. One is when you realized you're triggered um, to be able to just verbalize and say time out <laughs> yeah. and to have an agreement within a couple to say when that happens that, you know, we take 
an hour apart. We take 15 minutes apart. We, you know, we do whatever, but that you have an agreement. So you know what timeout means and yeah. it's not left. Like I'm cutting off this conversation and it will never be brought up again, but it's like, I'm going to cool down. You're going to cool yeah. down and we're going to come back and discuss it. And then in those moments when we are triggered, we, we tend to say things that we might not like. We didn't mean, yeah. Yeah. We didn't but mean, we, can't take we back. might regret it. <laughs> And so yes. the other key to that is when we get triggered is how we repair. Mm. Mm. Right. Yeah. And what that looks like and taking ownership and responsibility is not always easy, but no part of the repair process is recognizing when we've gone too far or we've been hurtful. We didn't have, um, you know, the positive intent. We actually did want to hurt the person in that moment. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, but then upon reflection, we realized that it was just because we were hurting and yeah. we were trying to release that pain out into yeah. the world. I think you said something very important with repairing the, what do you call it, the break or what would you say the repairing? I don't know what I said. Yeah, basically <laughs> rebuilding the bridge yes, <laughs> after exactly. you hurt the person. Yeah. I, I I really like this, Kelly, because, you know, I've been also observing my my sister i i've been observing how i behave towards my nephew and also my sister and my brother-in-law and i realized something that didn't happen with us when we were a child uh, after we get scolded by our mother we didn't have the the bridge repairing afterwards what we we are trying to do now is of course we get i mean there are moments when you just get oh, stop that you know it's just yeah but then you come back to it and i think this is a skill isn't it? It's a relationship skill, but not only in connections to romance. I think with everybody you care about, you do want to make sure that after a blow up, <laughs> we rebuild the bridge back somehow. Uh, you do. Yeah. And with, with my partner, we've, I don't know where this came up, but we've sort of got this statement where when we get into a conflict or an argument, we say, I love you, but I really don't like you right now. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and, and that's sort of like, this is going too far. I need to have this break. And But it's reconfirming, I do love you. It's not that I don't love you, but what's happening, I don't like the way I'm reacting. I don't like the way you're reacting. And just being clear about that. Um, mm -hmm. And But then you've got that foundation to come back to. It's, yeah. you know, um, to start that repair. And yeah. I think that's so important. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So should I read you the next question? Yes, please. Since the divorce, I don't know if I can trust myself choosing the right person for me. What can I do now? So common. Um, it's probably out of the, the five things that people struggle with in um, finding a relationship after divorce, mm -hmm. um, trust is definitely one of those either of the other person but oftentimes of myself yeah and what i have learned through my um journey and learning is that part of that is we don't actually understand this concept of compatibility and what makes for okay. a healthy relationship in a lot of cases and so we feel like it's a bit of luck right mm. we meet somebody we have great feelings and chemistry and then we kind of hope that it works out Yeah, And what I learned from studying the science behind relationships, um, I worked with a lady, Dr. Terry Orbach out of the States, and she's done this um, study over 35 years watching 
like 370 some odd couples. So she could prove this. And what we've realized um, over time there is, and I just lost my train of thought. (laughs) That happens, doesn't it? Compatibility. Compatibility. Exactly. Yeah. There we go. (laughs) Thank you for getting This happens. Yeah. So what we realize is compatibility um, comes from certain core elements. So one is that we have shared core values, Mm -hmm. right? So we believe the same things, basically, in terms Mm -hmm. of we value um, religion, if that's important to us. We value this in health and wellness, family, what we do with money, all these kinds of core values is one really important part of compatibility. Mm -hmm. Um, The second part is what I alluded to is this shared life vision. When you come to a relationship, each person has a vision of their life. Mm -hmm. And the question is, can we integrate those into a shared vision? Mm -hmm. When one person has this dream of starting a family and living in the country and the other person wants to, you know, be a nomad and live around the world and, and never own anything, they're, they're kind of a bit difficult to combine. Yeah. Right. But when you both want that, you know, the big family and the country home and the dog and two cats, that's fantastic, right? Then you're both going to be working towards that. So the shared life vision is number two. And then the third piece is ability and willingness to meet each other's six basic human needs. Mm. And when you understand who you are as a person, you know, your core values, Mm-hmm. Um, compatibility comes around. Can I be authentic in this relationship? Can I yeah. live who I am in this relationship? Yeah. And once you understand what good looks like, it's so much easier to then ask the right questions and assess, am I re- the right person? Mm-hmm. And when you're with a person, you know, you're compatible with when you go through the relationship and you hit a crisis, because we, every relationship does right? Mm-hmm. And you get to the crisis phase, you actually can go, you know, when you're asking that question, do I stay with this person or don't I go? It's not, am, are we compatible? You know that already. It's, yeah. this is part of the relationship. I need to get through this phase. Yeah. Right. But I know we're, we're compatible. And then yeah. after compatibility comes connection and chemistry. Um, yeah. And so that order. And so learning to trust yourself becomes, what, who am I? Who am I after this divorce? Yeah. What do I believe in value? First getting in touch with that. And then you're much better able to, to discern if somebody that you've met is compatible with you. Yeah. It's almost like, who am I to version 2.0 yeah. <laughs> you know, after the divorce? It's like, all right. Exactly. Like, and we forget. And right. if you've been in a, a relationship or a marriage where you lo- felt like you lost yourself, right? Yeah. You compromised a lot of your core values for a long period of time. And you're like, I don't know who I am anymore. Mm -hmm. And that process is getting back in touch with that. Who who are you at your essence? Yeah. Right. What did you love to do? And I I do work with um, childhood photos with clients, helping them Mm -hmm. get back in touch with their creative side and all those parts that they let go of because they wanted the relationship to work and there wasn't space in that relationship for that part of themselves. Yeah. And I also realized there's a lot, I mean, reflecting on how I was in my younger days of there's a lot of fear of, of uh, being separated. And then you started to compromise much more and you, and I, I'm, I had been trained to understand 
other people's needs and to fulfill their needs first. So there is a journey of understanding this, number one, number two, also not to project because this is also another thing. Oh my God, this is because I've been on the other side of receiving the projection. So I don't want that Mm -hmm. happening to anybody that I'm with because it's hurtful. (laughs) I know how hurtful it is, but I had to work on myself to, to learn to manage that, Mm -hmm. um, whatever turmoil or, uh, crisis within myself that it doesn't spill over too often and too much to other people. So the, I think the version 2.0 is, is super critical because also connected to life cycles, what was important in your thirties may not be as important in your thirties or at all important in your thirties. And you probably have also achieved certain, certain, you know, life goal that you have set the past 10 years, maybe now you don't want that anymore. And sometimes when you're in a relationship and there's no communication about it, in your mind, you're processing these things and not communicating to your partner. Your partner is still thinking like we're still aiming for (laughs) what we said 10 years ago. Um, And then there's the whole thing collapse somehow, but this is more of a discussion rather than fundamental uh, uh, gap, right? I mean, it's both, I think. It's in, both, okay. In in some relationships, you know, and when I started my work, I was convinced that I wanted to help save every marriage. Okay. And then I realized that actually not every marriage can or should be saved. Yeah. And part of that is about realizing that where there is compatibility, right, where you mm-hmm. are compatible um, and you understand that then those relationships can be saved. But where you got in a relationship that was based purely on chemistry and you mm-hmm. didn't have the connection and the compatibility, it's really difficult to actually save those relationships, mm-hmm. right? Because one or both of you are compromising so much on your core values. Yeah. And so, and that's, and that's the part where those relationships can be saved and with a discussion and working through it, you can, can come out. But on the other side where there isn't compatibility, then mm then the question is, are you being true to yourself? Do you have the loyalty and self-love to say, I keep doing this? And I do a lot of work with attachment styles about what we believe about ourselves and how that comes out in relationships, right? And the projection a lot of the time is, I don't feel I'm lovable. So therefore Mm -hmm. I make it that you don't love me, Mm -hmm. right? And in those kinds of relationships, it's about understanding, you know, how were you in that relationship, how did that dynamic come to be? And then working through your own trauma, your own pain yeah. first yeah. before you get into a new relationship. Otherwise, you repeat the pattern. And yeah. you know, that's what we talked about in the podcast. I did that, right? Yeah. I repeated my patterns over till I realized, wait a second, like I'm the common denominator here. Um again and again and again. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I think those are those are two <clears throat> points of differentiation to understand of. Do you, do yeah. you invest in saving that relationship or do you invest in healing yourself to then create a completely new dynamic in a new Yeah. What would be uh, some signals maybe or symptoms, not symptoms, it sounds so bad, signals or feelings that can tell you that you're compatible with this person? So for me, but I don't know if this is a, a sign of compatibility, whenever I feel like I, I'm excited to share 
um, my deepest thoughts with somebody, I feel very safe to do that. And it's not easy for me. It's not easy to be vulnerable. It's a sign that in my mind, oh, he's compatible. Is that? So I would define that and and I don't want to make it too boxy, but I would define that as connection. Okay. So the way I see connection is when you meet somebody where, yeah, there's this feeling like we understand each other. We speak the same language. Yes. We understand the nuances of what we're saying and what we're not saying. That to me is all about connection. Okay. And I believe connection is either there or it isn't. Yeah. Right. Um, If you've ever met somebody where you think like, no matter what I say, they just interpret it wrong. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's almost impossible to overcome that. It's just the way it is. They're, they're They're hearing um, something else. Yeah. Like you're speaking at different levels or so the connection is not there and, and connection is critical in a relationship. Mm -hmm. But for me, compatibility is, is a much more conscious um, understanding. Right. Okay. And it's about when the dating process, you know, dating is about gathering information and learning about the person, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just this feeling, the feeling grows and, and we love that feeling, but yeah, the conscious part is really saying, you know, do we, do we share? And I like to think of it as a map, right? Do we share the same map of the world? Mm-hmm. I've got a, a map of Zurich. And if I'm with somebody who's got a map of say Berlin, and we're trying to navigate around Zurich together. And every time I say go right, he says, no, you go left. My map says left, right? Yeah. We're constantly in conflict over which way we're going. But when we've both caught a same map of the world, we're aligned, right? Mm-hmm. And that to me is what compatibility is. Okay. Yeah. So, but this is in it. So the connection, compatibility, and chemistry, this is important. So three parts are important in relationship. Compatibility without chemistry is not so nice. Or what? How no, do you, you see need this? all three, but all they, three. Need to, okay. they need to come in that order. Okay. So yeah. Hollywood has taught us chemistry is what we all want. <laughs> we one. want the spark, right? We want to be swept off our feet. But I always say those kinds of relationships that are built on chemistry have an expiry date. Yeah. Eventually yeah. the chemistry will end and you will look at this person and go, wait a second, I don't like this person. Mm-hmm. Right? If there's no compatibility, yeah. um, if we look at compatibility first and we share these values, we, we reinforce each other. We are able to grow together, right? We're able to create something um, as a couple mm-hmm. and that keeps the passion alive long-term. It's yeah. not hormone driven anymore. Yeah. Right? And so that's yeah. why I always say it's, it's that order. It's compatibility. Check. We've got connection, check. Okay, now is the chemistry developing or has it developed? Yes, check. Now we've got the three components of a long-term, happy, healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. But Hollywood (laughs) has taught us to put it upside down. And so that's where we get to the point where we say, wait a second, like we want so different things. I I don't know because we made a decision based on this hormone and all this attachment that was coming up to keep us together yeah good actually it is a good opportunity to rebuild a new life if you follow up the divorce well it can be it It can be fantastic yes (laughs) absolutely definitely and you know especially if you've 
if you struggled, like you thought you lost yourself, I think yeah. after divorce, going through a process of letting go of your past, as I say, become the one, get clear on who you are, rediscover yourself, your passions, your joy. And then you're in a, an amazing place to find a partner who's also done the same or, yeah. you know, maybe they, they weren't uh, married, but they're ready now. Um, to create the kind of relationship you want. And I think it can be fantastic. Yeah. I am yet to hear people from the people that I know who went through a divorce. I'm yet to to meet people who didn't say I lost myself yeah. or a part of myself in this marriage. And uh, and for a long, long time, of course, that become a, a food <laughs> to myself. It's like, okay, why would people get married if they're going to lose themselves there? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, but, uh, but, yeah, I, I I understand. I mean, there, there, of course, there are compromises to be made, but I think there has to be a healthy level of compromise. In my mind, it shouldn't be it shouldn't involve a betrayal towards yourself as you compromise with the other people. Where do you? Where is the boundary, Kevin? Yeah. So what I teach is I I've created this model. I call it the five plus two model, and it's your five um, core values plus your two deal breakers in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And when you're looking at compatibility, those five are the things that you need to have um, to live authentically in a relationship. As yourself, yes. Mm -hmm. And so it takes a process of getting below the superficial level to identify those. But once you know those five, you also know that the other things are less important. And Mm -hmm. there you can be more willing to compromise and be flexible. And I think- When you don't know the difference, you think everything's really important, right? And so you're trying to fight for every opinion or idea that you have because you don't know, is this one more important than that one? And my clients who've gone through that process always say like this, everybody should do this because Mm -hmm. then you know, like, you know, I'm not going to compromise on this. I'm not going to stay in a relationship for eight years wanting children and yeah. then leave the relationship because I realized that was so important to me. Yeah. Right. When you're yeah. clear on that up front, then you can make a decision before you've invested years of your life mm-hmm. um, and compromise on something that was really critical to you. Yeah. I want to ask your opinion about something here because I've had this discussion a lot with people about divorce, with the people who have been on, on a divorce. And and one person that I really respect um, was saying to me, I think a lot of people think of divorce as a breakdown in something, but it isn't a breakdown. It is also, you can sit from the other side, it is a freeing act for something that has not been working on the fundamental level. So it's, it is a stop of a certain structure, but it's also it's a freeing. Everybody becomes, they have the opportunity to then deciding who they are yeah. <laughs> now if the fund- if the foundation is not working when there is in her case it was uh, it was quite an abusive uh, relationship so mm-hmm. for her the, the fund- you know fundamentally there's there's nothing to fight for apart from the children yeah so how can i then co-parent with the husband when uh, as as good as well as i can um because the relationship between her and her husband was completely uh, unhealthy, toxic, 
basically. Mm-hmm. So, and then she was saying, yeah, from the way I see it, this isn't so much, yes, it is a breakdown of an existing structure, but in a way it's also an, a, a freeing act from my part to go back to myself again and for my husband to find another partner that suits him yeah. because it was painful for both of us. Yeah. I, I triggered him, he triggered me, and this was going on for like over a decade, basically. Yeah. I agree. I think, you know, it can be in some ways a breakthrough. It was right. definitely for me, yeah. um, you know, for most people that have these kinds of relationships, there's some kind of childhood trauma, things left over, you know, beliefs we created in childhood that we've brought forward. And we need to have this sort of breakdown in yes. order to break through and see what's there. And for yeah. me, this going through divorce gave me a massive gift of being able to realize all this sort of pain I'd been carrying with me for so many years that I finally got to look at it. I had to mm-hmm. look at it mm-hmm. and deal with it and heal it and overcome it. And, you know, I have this, this vision of, of relationships, whether it's, you know, marriages, romantic relationships or friendships, mm-hmm. that it's like a train journey. Mm. And at every stop, you know, we have some people get on and some yeah. people get off. Yeah. And yeah. but each person who rides on our train, however long that is, they they give us gifts, they bring us lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, we take something away. And at some point, you know, they may need to get off and go their own way on a different path um, yeah. than yeah. the way that we're going. And that doesn't make it right or wrong. Right. It just makes it part of life's journey. And you know, I do believe in love. And of course, I love creating relationships and I want them to be healthy, happy, long-term relationships. Yeah. yeah. But that's the key. They need to be healthy relationships. That's it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise that, they're not serving both people. And then I think it's better that, you know, you pathways pass. Yeah. Yeah. Any questions coming from your group? Um, not that I see on my Facebook. I don't know um, if you, I don't even know if it actually allows comments on my Facebook <laughs> post, but um, we'll yeah. see. <laughs> we'll see exactly. Maybe they'll come after. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any more questions on my side. Those are the main four ones that I thought was really good. So the, the compatibility was one of them. So you answer that. Yeah. And um, thank you for clarifying the three C's, compatibility, connections, and chemistry. Absolutely. Very yeah. important. This was so much fun. Thank you so much <laughs> We're for going to do it again. Having me back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Actually, I have a question which is I don't know if yeah, well, let's just throw it in here. Connected to 2.0, my who I am 2.0 therefore the kind of marriage I want to be part of. To yeah. the marriage 2.0. Um I guess a lot of uh, I mean, in our age very likely we end up with people who have had other marriages or other serious long-term relationships. How was the, what did you learn about merging these two group <laughs> or two families? <laughs> I, um, I mean, there's so many things. I think the biggest learning just to sort of keep it is that we have to let go of this idea of like the nuclear family. We can't recreate that in second marriage patchwork families. When right? you say nuclear family, what does that mean? Oh, so, you know, man and woman meet and they have their, okay. their biological children, right? Like that yeah. kind of, and that's what I was going out. Like I wanted to recreate that, but you can't, 
right? Mm -hmm. You've got co-parents, you've got different sets of grandparents. You've got, I actually love the term like step families, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. And, and the reason I like it, it's because it's this idea that it's step by step, right? right? Um, You got to grow together as a family. And when you've been in in a family, a nuclear family with your own kids, you've got history, you've got experiences. Mm -hmm. And, and so you can't kind of just translate that to coming to a new family where, you know, they've got their own biological child and now they're going to try and co co-parent with your children. And so it's, it's a step-by-step process. And, and yeah. that was for me a big learning and yeah. that each step has its own challenges and its own um, difficulties, but also its own excitement, its own sort of like growth discovery. Phases. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that was kind of one of the big learnings that I'm still, you know, I mean, we're together for two years um, in our step family. And of course we're still learning lots, but it's an exciting, it's a very rewarding process, um, but it's very different, right? This is so interesting because, you know, when you think about compatibility, the values, right? Like if you both, if the people, if both people really appreciate family, I could see, I'm very close with my family, I appreciate family. So you could see that all of a sudden your your extended family, your step becomes huge. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. like, oh, there are multiple parties here. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And this was not necessarily immediately obvious <laughs> until you're like, okay, there's, you know, different layers. Yeah. Maybe this is another podcast for us to talk about. Yes. <laughs> yeah. This is a different topic altogether, but this is becoming much more common for the, 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 the people in my tribe anyways, and yeah. probably yours. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think, you know, this is also part of looking at the value system of finding somebody that also values that and is ready to take on that challenge with you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be, it can be a fantastic experience. And yes. I'm sure. Yeah. It would be also lovely to have um, some sharing of, you know, people's experience who've gone through step families and yes. uh, explore that as well. So yes, it deserves for the future. <laughs> yes. It deserves some space and time to, 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 to discuss certainly. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, Kelly, this is it. This is, yeah, wonderful. This is this it. Is always, <laughs> always so much fun. And I love these. And thank you again for, for doing this follow-up. I hope that was valuable yes. for people. And uh, certainly, you know, if any more questions come up, either through you or through me. Um, we do it again. Yeah. Yes. So thank you so much for everyone who's watching or will watch the recording of this. We welcome questions. Your questions help us learn about ourselves and our love lives. So let us hit us hit us with questions through Kelly or through me. Um for until we see each other again and just yeah, we may do another podcast episode about <laughs> step family. <laughs> that would be great. Wonderful. Thank you. Take care okay. everyone. Thanks. Take care everyone. Bye-bye.